0: Okay, so it is about 4 a.m. I'm standing outside of a building called Signature Flight Support. And
1: uh, everybody's coming in from Iowa. Hey, I'm Jack Rodolico. And I'm Lauren Chulgin. So a week ago today, we sent producer Taylor Quimby on an assignment. So, so I haven't missed Andrew Yang, right? No, He's coming after this. hope not. <laughs>
2: is, this, is
0: this just like a line of candidates behind this?
1: We told him to capture a scene the candidates landing at the Manchester, New Hampshire airport the day after the Iowa caucus debacle, or in the case of a lot of candidates, landing at the airport just hours after the caucus debacle, some within minutes of one another. All of them wanted their moment in front of the local press. Amy Klobuchar is the first to arrive and addresses a crowd of press and supporters. It's pitch blackout.
3: It's a a five of four. Time to Uh, to break.
1: Andrew Yang walks out right on Klobuchar's heels.
3: Thank you all for being here
4: early in the morning.
2: Then silence for 15 minutes until a Yang supporter shows up. He's carrying this massive Yang sign, and he realizes he's too late. Shit. <laughs> so then, uh, when did Yang come through?
0: it's uh, like 20, 20 minutes, minutes ago. ago? Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose I'll see uh, Elizabeth and say, "Oh, sorry."
2: <laughs> but then, not 15 seconds later, Elizabeth Warren comes through. Hey, Hi. New Thank answer. you. It is good to be back. Good. So. When I left Iowa, I said it was too close to call, and it still is, but I feel good. And that is how this week started. They're all here. They all want to win. Let's go.
1: This is Stranglehold, a podcast about how one small state got its hands around the way we pick presidents and won't let go.
2: On this podcast, we've taken a long, hard look at the primary without getting sucked into the campaign trail. But we cannot avoid it this time because New Hampshire's first in the nation primary, it is so here.
1: We are dropping this episode on Election Day, and signs of the stranglehold are all around us and in hypercolor. How would you feel if... We lost the first-in-the-nation status. Uh, secede from
0: the nation. No, but how serious are you? <laughs> 100% serious.
2: Okay, we made it. We did. <laughs>
1: Lauren? Yes? So the struggle with reporting on the institution of the primary... During this week, the week of the primary, mm-hmm. is that you have an actual day job and you need to go and do that day job.
2: Yeah, me and everybody else in this building, honest to God. I mean, we're a small newsroom. We're trying to be everywhere we can. And I am one of our political reporters, which means I got to be out there with the candidates, with all of my colleagues who are trying to track down all these people as much as humanly possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that is why. We are going to basically bring the podcast along with all of you on the campaign trail this week. Yes, Everyone's going to be out following their candidates, following their issues. But we also asked every reporter who is out following candidates to look for evidence of the stranglehold.
2: That is right. And I am going to go do that right now. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. bye. What time we got here?
5: Hello,
6: Kane! see you thank you Courtney, for the- hey this is sarah and i am at a warren town hall in the Keene colonial theater the day after the iowa caucuses which we still don't know the results of uh, i'm standing right near the selfie line there's like no way i can get my microphone close enough to her there's so many people in front of me so much press from all over
5: I don't pay much attention to Iowa, and I don't even think New Hampshire matters that much either.
3: You're not from New Hampshire? Well, I'm not either, but yeah, it, at least I'm loyal oh, no. to my adopted state.
2: I'm not Wait, loyal. You're, so you're like a primary loyalist?
3: <laughs> yes, I am. It's not fair. A it's a horrible so- process, <laughs> but we got to keep it until I die. <laughs> then, it, then they can change it.
5: This is the moment to dream big, fight hard, and
7: when. Good morning, it's Jason Moon. It's about 8.30 on Wednesday. I am drinking my coffee after a late night with Senator Bernie Sanders last night. I'm gonna start my day with him again. Oh, it's only day two. Here we go.
2: Vermont
5: Senator, and the next President of the United States, Bernie Sanders.
1: Hey, Lauren. Hey, Jack. So you and Jason went to a Bernie event in Derry? Yes. Thank you. And before his talk, you met...
2: A bird
4: dogger. Like
2: not only any bird dogger. This guy is like the quintessential
4: bird dogger. I love it because I'm from I'm a bird dogger. Yeah. You
2: know, we did a whole episode on bird dogging.
4: Did you? Usually
2: people don't identify themselves as a bird dogger when you first meet them. This
4: is like you know, I I, you know what? I'm a good farmer and a pretty good playwright. I'm a great bird dogger.
2: He's one of those people who goes to all the events around the country, this guy, to try and get candidates to address a very specific issue.
1: And there's a lot
4: of these guys out there.
2: Yeah, but this dude was something else. Can you please explain to me, like, the qualities that make you such a good bird dogger?
4: First of all, you have to believe in your issue. Second of all, you have to know how to locate yourself in the audience so they choose you, which is a skill. You have to know how to address for the person that they might like. I... I was in my closet. and I said, "Oh, if I put on that shirt, Buddha is going to hold right to me," and he did. Out of 500 people, this is a skill. It's Wait, like what he, shirt did you choose? I chose a kind of a, a manly flannel shirt that was going to, like, I look good in, and it was like, and it like had, it's like definitely stood out. I'm telling you, I should be in the Hall of Fame if uh, Bird Doggers, if Bernie calls me at a, at this time. you don't really take questions at these things, right? I, I said, it should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, <laughs> Okay, I see a uh, question right here, this gentleman. Yeah, wait for the mic. Uh, I'm a self-employed vegetable farmer as does 90% of American farmers. Will you please address the, uh, the needs of the self-employed? Because when the Reagan administration blew the bomb on the organized labor, they, they raised the self-employment tax from 8.1 to 15.3%. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're right. That is a very I mean Oh, I wanted to mention this. You talk about self-employed and not paying what, 15% of their income. You did I, it. I did it, right? I'm gifted. I'm a gifted freaking bird dog. This was like your hardest bird dog, right? Totally. That's amazing. I'm 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 telling you, I'm gonna get myself a lobster for, because getting getting a question to Bernie Sanders in the middle of this campaign is insane. And I got really lucky. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Take care. So, there you
7: have it. I think we just saw great. I think we were in the presence of uh, bird dogging greatness there.
8: Pro conference?
6: Oh, good question. I know the answer. Okay, okay so go
9: out these doors, take a
2: right.
8: Okay, this is Josh Rogers. I'm on the St. Anselm campus. Uh, CNN is having a series of so-called candidate town halls. Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren are the first up.
3: And live from St. Anselm College in Manchester New
8: Hampshire. Right now, we're trying to find uh, where press are allowed to hang out, which seems to be (laughs) several hundred yards from where the event is taking place. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Where, where's the Gordon building? Well, the, G, the woman? This was a big nationally televised production. So, you know, we're talking about locked doors and even body scanners. So, you know, quite different from the town halls that would be held at a New Hampshire library or in a small local theater. It's, you know, not really a place where press other than CNN are supposed to be in the room. So you said Gordon, but Goulet, like yeah, Goulet. Goulet. Okay. See that
4: building right there? Yeah. That's the building. Okay, cool. Where thanks. they are in there, I have no idea. All right. Okay. Oh,
8: thanks. You know, we did eventually uh, make it to the uh, appropriate area, which uh, turned out to be in a biology building on campus. Like a teeny little monkey skeleton.
0: that's neat. There is zero evidence of human life Put it in this building I mean, <laughs> We will see. Oh, this looks a little slightly
10: more promising. Back in two thousand and twelve, you advised I mean, President Obama against arming and training so this this is kind of it. It's just like.
0: Provide Wi-Fi, watch on TV. Yes, exactly. I mean,
8: this is like nicer than plenty of places you could be. Like it's, you know, carpeted and you have tables. It's reading room. You know. You know, we were there maybe 45 seconds or a minute before a CNN PR person uh, slash kind of a hall monitor for the evening uh, came over and told us uh, broadcasting and there was Verboten. What?
4: You can't run me
8: we're not broadcasting. No, they're
2: just really strict about it. Okay, that's
8: okay. <laughs> and so we left. <laughs> like bad kids in detention. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is. I mean, this is uh, this is Douglas Phelan. He's a family doctor from Concord, and currently is undecided. Douglas, well, <laughs> so the Affordable Care Act. And you know, arguably, you know, CNN was including locals, and so therefore was trying to get, you know, New Hampshire perspective on things, but. You know, the more these kinds of productions uh, televised nationwide, the less the local press really has a central role in, uh, in covering this thing.
0: I just don't 100% know what the point is. If there's like a televised debate, like, why do you want, like, why not just like stay in your
8: hotel room? Well, that's often what a sane person does. Um, if you had a, I mean, if you could watch this from your house, like, why would you come here? Like that guy, like, I mean.
7: (laughs) Because remember, as discouraging as it may be that they are the jury today, we are the jury tomorrow, and this year we get to send a whole different message. So I hope I can look to you to support us in this effort. Thank you for coming. Thank you for caring. Thank you.
0: So this is Taylor again. Uh, Buttigieg event just got out in Manchester at the Rex. People directly outside of the theater are very enthusiastic about Mayor Pete.
4: Yeah, no, he's uh, obviously a talent in our country and um, such a young guy.
0: But Let's uh, see if we walk just a little further away. What folks think? Do you know anything about the primary? Are you following it at all? No. 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 I'm not interested. No. <laughs> mind if I bother you for a quick second?
10: Uh, I prefer not, please.
0: All right, absolutely. Take care. I know you're holding the box, but can I just ask you a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, do you care at all about the primary?
4: Uh, not at the moment. <laughs> I did last, last election, but... Yeah, but
0: right now you're carrying boxes for Amazon, so no time, right? Yeah, exactly. Are yeah. you gonna vote uh, next Tuesday?
8: Uh, I don't know enough to vote yet, yeah, but yeah. not for right now. Gotcha. All right, take care, man.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Just still touring my own neighborhood, and I think I'm going to stop by Panucci's wonderful dive bar, and we'll see if anybody gives a shit about the primary there. Why don't I have you both introduce yourselves first? Uh, Just tell me who you are, where you're from.
4: Uh, Jay Johnson, Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, Born and raised.
6: Uh, Kathy Johnson, Concord, New Hampshire. Uh,
4: Have you
0: made it out to any of the candidate events up until now?
4: Um, Not this year, no.
8: Not yet.
0: How would you feel if we lost the the first-in-the-nation status? Uh,
4: secede from the nation.
0: No, but how serious are you?
4: 100% serious. (laughs) I I stand by my husband. That's that's not hyperbole, (laughs) that's 100% serious.
2: Mayor Buttigieg today, I'm going to see Karen Pence, Vice President Mike Pence's wife today.
0: I will endorse any candidate who scrapes my windshield. Just kidding.
2: See, I have now... Yeah, I just turned my car on now. It says oil change required. Let's
5: go. Let's roll. All
7: All right, so I just arrived at the Michael Bennett house party here in Brentwood. Parked here on the side of the road and uh, behind someone with Massachusetts plates. So, uh, already not a good sign for... Bennett not a voter there but uh, let's let's see what happens inside oh my gosh it's so quiet out here 20 minutes before a Bernie Sanders rally this is not the sound that you would be hearing I'm sorry you say and spell your name oh
5: yeah Peg and last name is Aronian, A-A-R-O-N-I-A-N. There's a part of me that thinks maybe some dark horse will come riding in and maybe it's him. I love the stories about Jimmy Carter sleeping in people's houses. I worked for New Hampshire Public Television in the 70s and because I was the new guy, I got to interview the unknown, Jimmy Carter.
7: You interviewed Jimmy Carter yes. back in the 70s, yes. he was a long shot yes. who became president. Yes. Is it possible still?
5: I'm, I'm just not sure today because the whole universe of elections, national elections for president have changed so much and social media, the, the strength of cable with their big rallies and their big events. Um, you know, this is, this is one of the few house parties I've been to where I was six feet away from the candidate. So maybe it doesn't mean as
7: much as it once did? Is that what you're saying?
5: Our New Hampshire primary? Oh, I'm going to cry.
7: <laughs> I deeply appreciate your being here tonight. I know you know that I'm not polling very, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not polling in the lead, although our polling is getting better in New Hampshire. I've spent more time in New Hampshire than any other candidate in this race. Uh, I did 33 town hall
3: meetings, and I said I'm going to do another 50.
7: Now that Iowa's verdict is rendered mostly moot, the next contest becomes paramount, and that is the first in the nation
8: primary. The debate informs that vote. Bottom line, though, everyone will be watching on Friday night.
2: It's 7.38. I am here in what we call the spin room in the media filing center for debate night. Honestly, it's kind of boring. It's just like a bunch of TV sets with a bunch of talking heads. But I'm gonna go get myself sorted and just honestly watch the debate.
3: The race is on. The first votes have been cast, and tonight the candidates are here. Our New Hampshire debate starts right now.
4: I took a hit in Iowa. And I'll probably take it here. Traditionally,
7: so the biggest risk we could take at a time like this
8: would be to go. But is he
2: going to be able to get the support that he needs from Republicans? <laughs> Okay, hey, it's Lauren. It's uh, 9.07 p.m. It's the first commercial break of the two-hour debate. So far, not a ton about New Hampshire specifically. I mean, there was that shout-out from Amy Klobuchar to her Senate colleague, Jean Shaheen, our senior
10: senator. It is much harder as I see Senator Shaheen in the front row, such a leader. It is much harder to lead.
2: Oh, and the debate. What I was saying about the debate is that so far, it's not really like super New Hampshire-y right? There wasn't that much said about New Hampshire specifically. Right now, um, I don't know how long this commercial break is.
3: Welcome back to St. Anselm College here in New Hampshire, and we are here every four years thanks to our amazing Manchester partner, WMUR, and now anchor Monica Hernandez and political director Adam Sexton are joining us with questions on the minds of New Hampshire voters. Thank you George.
6: It's an honor to be here in our community. We know Granite Staters are engaged and we know they are. Our-
1: oh, that was just 4 days. When we come back, the last 3 days before the voting starts.
6: Is America's primary system working? With my busy life, I use shipped same day delivery to keep up. When I need a jar of extra creamy peanut butter delivered, I know my personal shopper Amber will come through. And if it's not on the shelf, she asks them to check the back. Shipped, delight in every delivery. Learn more at shipped.com.
1: All right. Oh, it's cold. Cold, sunny day. All right, don't lock your keys in your car, Jack. Saturday morning, and I'm walking into a grocery store. The final week of campaigning ahead of the New Hampshire primary, it is bananas. I mean, this is generally a quiet state. Then, boom, we get all these candidates drawing huge crowds, all of the press is here to see it all happen. That being said, if you only look inside the circus tent, you only see clowns and elephants. So I want to take you off the campaign trail to get a sense of what a lot of primary coverage misses. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Hello, Jack. Yeah, nice you? To, meet you. nice you? to meet you. How are you? Good, Good. yes. Manny. yes. Manny, the place I'm taking you yes. to is in Nashua, which is the state's second largest city down near the border with Massachusetts. I'm here to chat with two people in politics.
3: And uh, my name is uh, Representative Manny Espitia, state representative, first term. Out of, Manny
1: Espitia represents one of the most diverse districts in the state. He also served as Julian Castro's New Hampshire campaign director for his presidential bid. And then there's this woman.
10: Sure, I'm Melanie Levesque. I'm a state senator for District 12, which is three wards in national...
1: Melanie Levesque is the chairwoman of the Senate Election Law Committee. She sponsors a lot of bills aimed at modernizing the state's elections. And she is the first African-American woman elected to the state Senate. And this is her grocery store.
10: Do you shop here? I do. And one of the things that I noticed, I've lived here almost all my life. And I remember when there were like five families of color that lived here. Uh, When I go shopping and I see more and more diversity, um, it's really very exciting. And and this is where you're going to see it, where people go.
3: One of the one of the like while we we're having this conversation, I don't know if you noticed, but like one of the people who just walked by, like spoke was speaking Spanish to their family. So like we're not talking about a specific store. Like uh, we have a carnicería, Mexican meat market here. We're talking about Market Basket. The if most we, generic grocery
1: the, store we have. Right?
3: Thank you. Like, yes, this is this is like everybody goes to Market Basket. Okay. Now, um,
1: there is a narrative that is repeated in the national press. About New Hampshire uh, and diversity here, and, and could you tell me your perception of what that narrative
3: is? I think that there are that yeah, there's a narrative. Oh, New Hampshire's not diverse, but that kind of erases the folks who do live here. So to discount us and say, like, oh, there's there's nothing there. We should completely just write off New Hampshire as a completely white state is almost insulting to the people who do live here.
10: Yeah, exactly, and. I was at Nashua High School North yesterday, visiting their robotics class. Every nationality you can imagine was there. I was told that there's about 67 languages that are spoken at the high schools in Nashua. So, you know, we want to consider those young people as well that are growing up in New Hampshire.
3: The other issue, and that we, something we like to think about in New Hampshire, is you know. That we have a small population and that every vote counts. So when you're looking at margins and you're looking at margins of victory for these campaigns, if you say, "Oh, let me just write off this population." You're going to lose out, like maybe on one or two, one percent of the vote, two percent, and that that literally might prevent you from getting a delegate. Is it your experience that the
10: candidates have been reaching out to those communities? I think they've been making efforts, but um, largely no. Um, Again, it's going where they are, you know, whether it be the church or um, different clubs, going to the nail salon, uh, you have to reach out.
6: Okay, it is Maureen McMurray here. I'm in Manchester um, and um, there's a big crowd outside right now. Protesters. I see some Trump signs. Someone selling buttons. And that was just Lauren Children who just drove by. Hey, Josh. All
8: right. How are you? Good. This is the uh, McIntyre Sheen 100 Club dinner, which is always the state Democratic Party's largest fundraiser. It gets particularly large during a presidential election year. Uh, Tonight, it's actually at essentially the largest room in the state, Southern University Arena. This place can hold you know 10,000 plus people. The plan is for all the candidates to address the crowd from a circular stage in the round. Apparently, this was an idea that the Democratic Party stole from a dinner in Iowa. Cost a lot to raise uh, to rent this place, obviously, but they they come out of this thing with uh, some cash. So, you're, you, what is your title in the Yang campaign, Steve? Senior advisor. What are you guys doing right now? You're handing out tickets to whomever? Uh, oh, well,
7: uh, people that say, we'll meet you there, and uh, and then you hope it works out. How much do
8: those cost, those tickets? Oh,
7: these are uh, for the second and third level. Um, how much are these 20 tickets? 20 bucks each. They're 20 bucks mm-hmm. each. Yeah, yeah. The ones on the... full of these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bernie and I were trying to trade them with each other. Yeah, Bernie's like, you need a ticket? I'm like, no, I'm with Yang. Uh, some of these campaigns will buy... I don't even know. I mean huge
8: amounts of sections of it. Do you know how many the Yang campaign purchased?
7: I do not. We bought 500. 500. 500. Like 20 bucks a pop. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The NHDP is making some money tonight. Oh, yeah. Which is the point?
8: Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's
4: not
3: a secret. <laughs> so I've got a question for you. Are you ready to hear from the next president of the United States?
8: And can you just introduce yourself?
9: (laughs) Oh, I'm Holly Shulman. I'm the spokesperson for the New Hampshire Democratic Party.
8: Well, how much money is this going to make? That's what I want to know. A lot of money. But what would be a lot? Well, it's
9: going to be all for November, so we're really excited to have it to defeat Donald Trump.
8: But I mean, rough estimate, like between what and what is what you're hoping?
9: Between um, a medium amount and an enormous amount, yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of people here. I think we credentialed over 700 media for this event. Yeah, it's the biggest I've ever seen. Um, but we wanted to save the f- best seats for you guys.
0: It is funny there's so much press here. I don't know.
8: Well, there's mean. like nothing else to do. I mean, all the candidates are here. I mean, it's an interesting question whether it's really the best use of the candidates' time to be here. Um, but I mean, the party's got their hooks into them.
3: New Hampshire Democrats, please welcome to the stage from the second district of our great state, Congresswoman Annie Custer.
4: I am the ideal candidate for this job, New Hampshire, because the opposite of Donald Trump is an Asian man who likes math. Thank you all Go, do much. it Now! 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 Kick their ass on Tuesday. Kick their ass next month. Thank you, New Hampshire. Thank you. Dream big,
5: fight hard, and win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
8: you. So as you were saying, introduce yourself.
6: I'm Chris Blovins, Chris Cosmetics, makeup department today for NBC.
8: And as you were saying, how many... um, how many faces have you made up on behalf of the New Hampshire primary?
6: Okay, so the this is my eighth New Hampshire primary, so every candidate in the last eight elections. And so, like, today I'm here with NBC, and then tonight I'm with Biden. And then I was with Bernie Sanders yesterday morning.
8: How's he looking? Senator
6: Klobuchar. He's looking great, because I'm, I'm, I'm on it.
8: So, I, I mean, get it done. you know, I don't want you to tell anything sort of out of school here, but are there any candidates... Uh, Who present particular challenges on the makeup front?
6: The one in all my career history that um, needs the least amount of makeup is Mayor Pete. Just a little concealer, a little powder. He, He, like, requires the least amount of makeup. I invented a lipstick. I love inventing lip colors for female candidates. Back in 2007, I did a lipstick for Hillary Clinton called Debate. In this election cycle, um, I did one for Senator Klobuchar, and she's been wearing it. She wore it in Friday night's debate, and it's called Elect Me.
0: Okay, real quick. Mhm. Primaries on Tuesday. Yeah. 2 days um, from now. So Monday is the Trump rally, the big Bernie rally. Yeah. Um but right now what we've got is like a bunch of canvassers.
6: <laughs> I'm just trying to see what other
5: houses. Oh, okay.
10: That one I not nobody was home. So on this side is 448,
1: 430 and 424. Do we have celebs? Do we have celebs? Do you consider John Kerry, former Secretary of State, a celebrity?
4: Yeah. So I want you to go out there, stay warm,
2: beat those doors down, get people opening them up, talk to you, and uh, see if... We
1: have tomorrow- Oh, yeah, Cynthia Nixon of Section in the City fame. Which yeah, one- but which She's one the one she... who ran for governor in New York and lost to Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have um, Michelle Kwan, figure skater. Yeah. Sir- uh, Stumping for Joe Biden, trying to get people amped to get out and knock on doors. Okay.
5: I hope that you are signing up to knock on doors. I know it's cold. I feel like I should bring my ice skates and skate around to can- canvas and make phone calls. We got to do this. We got to win. So let's do it. Thank you so much.
9: I don't think she knows, but we have already seen somebody look through the window to see to see what's happening. So we know somebody's home, but. We're going to mark it on the app as not home because thats it's their choice, their prerogative. And um, they don't have time for us today. It's their day of rest, I understand.
1: Ba, 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 that's me. <clears throat> okay, this is Jack. I'm in the studio. We've got less than... T-minus nine hours until voting actually starts, and we are going to make a phone call right now to Josh Rogers and Maureen McMurray, who are in the middle of a Trump rally.
8: Hey, how are you?
1: Okay, Josh, how are you?
8: I'm well. What's the scene, man? Where are you? Well, we're uh, standing on Elm Street right now, Thousands of people waiting to get into the uh, Trump rally this evening, primary eve. There's aggressive hawking of merchandise. There was like a, there was like some guy with a, you know, I hesitate to call it hip hop, but I mean, a guy kind of rapping. Which I had never seen at a Trump rally before. The man was Caucasian,
1: but um, tomorrow. It is primarily Democrats who are on the ballot. You know, do you think that this is something that's going to rile up Democrats and push people to the polls? Is this sort of
8: like another thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, any more than anything else they turn on the TV. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Um, It's possible. New
4: Hampshire was founded by tough frontier men and strong, powerful pioneer women who defied the dangers and raised their children to embrace the eternal motto. Live free or die. I love that part. Live free or
8: die. Yeah, you know, the politics of this moment for Trump, I mean, the last week, you know, he's obviously post-impeachment acquittal, been on a tear, and um, I think that a lot of people who are here tonight are excited to hear what he is going to say, what he's going to do. We'll see you later then, man. Alright, sounds good. Okay, take care.
4: Will make America great again. Thank you, New Hampshire. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Okay, T minus five hours till the voting begins. President Donald Trump just went on stage in Manchester, and over at UNH in Durham, Jason Moon is at a Bernie Sanders rally. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is going to be there, as well as the Strokes. Let's call him, see what's going on. Hello. Jason? Oh. Yeah, can you hear me? It's Jack. I can, yeah, I can barely hear you. Yeah, I can barely, I can barely hear you. Are you there?
7: Uh, yeah, well, okay, we're okay. We're good. We're in between the song.
1: Where are you, Jason? So
7: we're in the Widemore Center we're at UNH where the hockey team plays, and the uh, place seats like seven thousand or something, and it's like uh, probably two thirds full. We're still coming in.
1: Can you go any place quieter?
7: <laughs> uh, not really, no.
0: <laughs> this is, uh...
1: Hello? Okay, we're gonna cut you off, man. So we got one more call to make. We have one more call to make. It is. T minus two hours and 42 minutes to midnight when the voting starts. We're going to call Casey McDermott. Hello. Hello, Casey. It's Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So, okay, so, Casey, where where are you right now?
9: So I am in Dixville Notch, kind of a lodge that is right on the property of this old resort that is currently closed. And I'm up here because Dixville is one of the three polling places that opens its polls right at midnight on the day of the New Hampshire primary.
1: How many people will be voting there at midnight? Five. Five. How many reporters are there covering that?
9: Well, let me just count up the camera stands. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. There are many more reporters here than there will be voters.
1: Okay, so Casey, having done all the reporting you've done on Dixville Notch and sort of the questions about is it show, is it democracy, you're there now. It's closing in on midnight. Does it feel like democracy?
9: I mean, it feels a little bit like... You know, a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think the the weight of civic responsibility on the voters here is 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 genuine. Um, at the same time, you know, there's a ton of reporters here, and tonight's um, tonight's polling place had a PR team.
1: So Casey, thanks and. Uh, Be safe up there.
9: Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. It's
1: 10.50. T-minus one hour and ten minutes until voting starts. And um, that's it. So that's one week. It felt like more. (laughs) It really did. where we're going to pick up the story tomorrow as the clock strikes midnight and the first ballots are cast in the the first-in-the-nation presidential primary. Tomorrow's special episode will be all about Election Day, because after the catastrophic caucus failure in Iowa, the pressure is on for New Hampshire to count every ballot and announce the results on time, with implications for this state's stranglehold on the way we pick presidents, This episode of Stranglehold was produced by the inimitable Taylor Quimby, and he got some help, just a little, from me, Jack Rodolico, reporting by my Dynamo colleagues, Lauren Chuljan, Casey McDermott, Josh Rogers, Jason Moon, Sarah Gibson, Annie Ropeek, and Maureen McMurray. Maureen McMurray, NHPR's Director of Content, is also one of our editors, along with News Director Dan Farrick. Stranglehold's beautifully aggressive podcast graphics were created by our very own Sarah Plord. Original music, including that theme song, You Can't Get Enough Of, by Jason Moon and Lucas Anderson. It's a real ensemble team we have here. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. You can catch up on all the episodes of Stranglehold when you subscribe to our podcast. Just go to strangleholdpodcast.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Stranglehold is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio.
7: And now it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce, for the first time in New Hampshire, the Strokes. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems.